Hi, everyone who's listening. Welcome to Parenting in Queens, a safe place where we like to connect with everyday families doing extraordinary things. Raising a child truly takes a village, and we want to build a community where we can all relate and connect with one another to make this journey even more memorable and enjoyable. I am your host, Cecilia Falcon, and I run a family daycare program for 10 years. Besides working with young children over the years, I have loved creating a bond with every family that has been with us thus far. So this podcast is dedicated to all you busy parents. I know you guys are doing all your best to raise your children. Before we listen to this episode, please head over on iTunes and give it a review. It will help get the show on the map and grow this community. Also, follow us on Instagram at Parenting in Queens. And if you'd like to be on our show, please send me a DM. Now, enjoy this interview. Thank you for listening. So for this episode, I'm with uh, Lo and Ellen and Miss Evie over here. She's two years old. So can you guys tell us a little bit of what you do, like, professionally? My name's Ellen. I am a pediatric nurse at NYU. And besides that, we also have a family business called MetaRoots. It's a plant consultation, home delivery service, um, and we also supply cafes in the city with plants. Um, we curate them. We basically we do consultations where we see houses and curate plants that will thrive best in their space and along with their lifestyle. Hi, I'm Lo. My background is in business and technology. But at the moment, I'm working entirely on both raising our daughter, Evie, and the family business of MetaRoots. A little bit before, we were chatting about how dad is working full-time for MetaRoots. How does like, your background is helping the business? Because she was doing it kind of solo. So what are, like, what are you bringing into the business? Sure. Uh, so in my background, at least for the last 12 years of my career, I've been working in partnerships. So finding new tech companies or mobile apps to build partnerships with the companies that I had been working for, whether they're advertising or other services for the companies to thrive. And so that process of creating partnerships just translated really well to what Ellen was talking about with the partnerships that we're lucky to have with coffee shops around the city. So that's everything from informal side of helping to maintain the relationships to the very formal in writing contracts for the few that we have contracts with. That is so interesting because now like you basically would hire someone to do all that, you know, and it's so lucky that your husband already has all that background because now a business cannot grow without the technical knowledge and all this um, partnerships. And you mentioned to me before that you lost your job and then because of that, you started helping your wife with MetaRoots. Was this something that, did she ask you for it? Or how did the decision come about to go into the business? Because I'm sure you can get any other job. Yeah, it just seemed, I think, natural. Like, I would ask him for tips on, like, how to market. How, and he actually set up our first partnership with Cafe. So already with that, he was helping. He was just thinking more broader, like, outside of the spectrum that I was thinking of. He was thinking more about partnerships, but I was just thinking about working with people one-on-one. So he 
that was his idea. Um, in HBO, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's a show called Hustle, and it's like about different like small companies in New York City, and this guy helps them with like all these you know different small businesses like with branding and strategy and they go through that uh, a little bit what you were talking about there's this like company that does 3d printing and they were working with like one-on-one people so what he does is like basically what your husband did like you need to expand that work with ones and what companies and partnerships and all that and that's when like the business started taking off so yeah. did that did you see a difference in yes. the business at all yes it started with one coffee shop And then from that one coffee shop, it launched to two and three just because, you know, they saw what we were doing with that coffee shop. They liked it. They liked the presence. And I think they saw the value in it. So then, yeah, I would say from that one partnership, it led to more and some other offers even after that, some that were still working So you mentioned like this was, because I follow you on Instagram and like I see all your posts and everything. So I mentioned that this is your passion project. So was there like <laughs> plants always like in your life? Did you always like have a garden or grandma or I don't know, like how did you, how did you find that that was your passion? Oh, that's interesting. So I think as a nurse, you're innately a nurturer. So you're always looking to fix things and heal things and grow things. And my mom, I grew up in the Philippines and we did have hands-on community practice where my mom would be like, pull yams out of the ground from the garden and bring it home or, you know, pick some spinach and bring it home. So I really love the aspect of touching something and then bringing it home and cooking it, eating it, seeing it seeing it through the process um last year i started getting into house plans and it became just like i was you know like everyone else really intrigued by it really enjoyed taking care of it buying more and more and more house plans to the point that my husband would remind me of our budget um, <laughs> so he would say you know you have to stick to the budget so for him to not get upset with me i figured out how to fix that by selling plants. So okay. I would say, well, so I sold this plant so I can buy this plant. So it's net even. It doesn't affect the budget. And then it just became, it just progressed into like more demand on people wanting to buy plants. I think it just grew from there. That's so amazing. Because I see, usually like as women, we stereotype, okay, you know, I want makeup and hair yeah. and all these things, but you want to know I want more plants. Yeah. What did you always know about her like not being like I don't know demanding on these other things that it's okay to to have but like that she would demand you okay I need plants in my life <laughs> Ellen's just kind of a doer so she would just start and getting into stuff uh, the reality is that she even though I'm the one that's been working in business and in startups she's the real entrepreneurial one before we before Meta Roots was launched we were looking at doing her granola or her kombucha or her sourdough bread, which, you know, sort of universally for whoever gets to try them, they really like them. So all the business ideas that really stem from her. Um, wow. And it's been nice to just kind of get out of her way and then figure out how my, how my skills from my previous life in that world can help to scale it, grow it. Make it efficient. 
I think that's so he's like the numbers person yes. and like the passionate one because I can totally relate to you and like I have so many ideas yeah. so many things like I make kombucha I make <laughs> sourdough bread yeah. like this is not scalable because so much work yeah and then you never know because you're working with like live bacteria and then yeah. like it's heat it's yeah. cold there's a lot of it's not the same taste yeah I know that's like it kind of tells you okay you know yeah it's nice to have in the house but not to yeah. sell <laughs> no but he would say like how long would it take you to make so and so sourdough bread right to supply this bakery uh, i was like well one takes me two days <laughs> i guess i could increase that but we would need a bigger oven like things need to happen. right unless you already own a bakery and then you want yeah. to boost that then that would be amazing but, but it's- he's always the one that's like you can do this. You can sell this. You can like, cause I make like bullshit, like things here, like all these. I love And then I think about it, I was like, maybe I could. I'm like, no, it's too exhausting. It is, it's especially having, yeah. Yeah, then it peels it's away time. time from her. And you have to time these things so well. <laughs> yeah. for Fermenting at midnight, yeah. building the bread. Yeah, it's everything. Did you grow up always like, wanting to do things by yourself like did your mom like nurture that or yes my mom was like like guys she made everything she would fix the plumbing while cooking like wakes up yeah. at 4am by the time you wake up food is served yeah. eating's ready she thinks of things ahead of time and then she'll if she doesn't know what to do she'll just figure it out macgyver it so i think from that pattern i learned how to do the same and she just was good in the kitchen too so it really like inspired me to try things out do you have more siblings or i do i have three other sisters two brothers and they they, they developed the same trade a little bit i think we're bit. all in that same pattern where my mom's overly prepares for things like we okay. make sure that things are done before it starts to end or um there's always food on the table. There's always hunger. Is like you know, she's like never go hungry. There's always food. Always make something happen. But she calls me that. She says I always like find a way to figure things out. While she probably doesn't realize I get that from her. That's so true. Do you know? Do you know like what are the some traits that you've had from like your parents? growing up that now you're as a dad like okay yeah probably I do this because of my mom or my dad similar to Ellen my mom was always entrepreneurial growing up I feel like very much like his mom <laughs> I've heard that before like sometimes men look bad like you know it's the same trace as your mom which is nothing It's I think it's easier like the more things that you know are having common it's much easier the marriage because marriage is it's very difficult so the more you have in common that you know how to yeah. deal with it, the better. So there's that. Yeah, I think the entrepreneurial side definitely drove me into what has become my profession and maybe also the attraction with Ellen. Um, and then, you know, I think from my father, I think it was just generally his presence and supporting me in um, – just things that I came to be really passionate about. And, like, I definitely strive to have that as a parent for Evie. 
you know, she's still young, so we're just kind of starting to see right. what what her affinities are pointing her towards, but whatever they are, so right now it's kind of music, like I really try to foster that um, and, you know, show her musicians that I really like and let her watch concerts to see what live music looks like and that's all, take her to music festivals <laughs> and so just making sure that she's getting out and seeing all that's out there. That's really good because as parents, sometimes we tend to be also like in our own world, like, you know, things that we have to do. And, oh, she's just a child. Like, she's, you know, she likes music like any other kids, but like toddlers, they go through these phases of just being very um, obsessive with like certain things, but that's when their brains, you know, starts making all these connections. So yeah. The fact that, you know, you as a dad are listening, I think it just builds the building blocks for her development. So how did you guys meet? Because, <laughs> you know, this <laughs> very modern technology called Tinder. Oh, really? So Tinder is still, like, still works? Like, right. Oh, well, this was five years ago before Tinder got really, like, weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was weird then. I think it's weirder now. And I don't mm-hmm. know how it works now, but I think you sift through the end. What were you in, like, in your life at that moment? Like, you were you thinking, okay, I'm gonna settle in, or just I'm just gonna meet people? Like, I want you know to yeah. meet other people that are not my friends' friends and like date different types of people. I was actually traveling a lot, um, so I'm a pediatric nurse by background, and I used to work as a pediatric ICU, and I volunteered for Operation Smile, which is an NGO that performs corrective facial surgeries to kids around the world with cleft palates and cleft lips. So I was traveling the world and just traveling just for fun. So I was never really in the country, so I wouldn't really have time to like meet people and stuff. I think that was just like an easy way to meet people. But I was getting to a point where I've traveled a few years and I just wanted a home base because I was also living in other states. And I think it's all about timing because we were 34 when we met. Okay. So we have had like life experiences and gone through the what ifs and now ready for the what's next. What were you around that time? I'd been living in New York for about a year. And at that point, dating. But my number one consideration at the time was really my career. So while dating was a part of my life and meeting people was nice. There wasn't really anything. I wasn't looking for a long-term relationship from that. But I think that in our first date, well, we could have probably neither of us saw this coming together in the way that it has. We definitely connected in a way that was different than any of the other people that I had dated or come across in a dating view for the last 10 years or so of my life before that. Wow, so Tinder got you guys together, and he said he never made such a connection. Did you feel that on the first date, or as time progressed? I think for me, as time progressed, I think for me, that I didn't put a lot of expectation on it, and everyone, it's a cliche, and everyone would say, if you don't put expectation, that things happen, and I think I was just in a mindset that, you know, he's a great guy, he's super kind, super, like, smart I was just not I guess mentally that's what made me prepared for it is I didn't expect anything and it peeled away a lot of the expectation and just let me have fun and get to know him really well 
and through the process, we just, you know, it evolved. So how long did you guys date before getting married? Well, so the, another funny thing about the process was that we met sort of at the end of spring, several weeks after that, the company that I was working for, a startup in tech, went under. Oh, uh, so I lost my job. And at that point, <laughs> my thought was, okay, I'm going to spend a few more weeks here, then I'll probably move back to California. I'm from California. Oh, okay. But, you know, I had planned for there to be, to enjoy summer in New York City. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ellen, being a nurse with a flexible schedule, we just got to hang out a lot. And through that, totally unplanned, no expectation, it just worked out that, uh, you know, a real meaningful relationship developed out of that. Your parents are, do they live here? Because you say grandma comes once a week. My mom, my family lives in Long Island. Okay. All my siblings except two, my half-brother and my half-sister live in Queens. His parents are in California. Oh, they are. Okay. So now um, that you guys are together and dating and all that, how did you, you know, make a decision to, like, married? It was more a conversation. Yeah. It wasn't like, get down on one knee, surprise, I want to marry you. It was more like... <laughs> like I think it's, that's much better. Like, yeah. there's a huge step, so you have to talk about it. Like, yeah. how is it going to work? I think we knew that we were pointed at this. Again, I think from the from the different connection that we could sense that we had with each other. And we were out with friends talking about being married and what that would look like. And I think at some point in the night, I just looked at her and said, so that's it, right? We're getting married? <laughs> it just makes sense. And then we got married. We figured out when my parents, when both of my parents um, could make it to New York from California and were married probably eight or nine weeks later or something like that. Oh, wow. So, because you guys were ready, like like you yeah. said, like, you know, you already had uh, lived and, you know, accomplished like whatever you guys wanted to do and... Now it's like this different phase. Yeah, I think also we learned that our values are very similar and we heard that values are not learned, but we realize how important values are in raising, like, in marriage and raising kids. A lot of things just align for us. And even when I said that I, you know, I did smell with kids with backwards and palettes, Lo turns out that he had a cleft lip. Wow, Which is really interesting because I've been fixing these kids for years. So everyone thinks that I married him because he had one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that's you think joke. about the odds, right? Like <laughs> that a nurse that was doing work for Operation Smile ends up living in New York City. And then the guy from California and with the cleft lip ends up moving to New York City. <laughs> and then we meet on Tinder. Um, right. That's, that's a perfect Netflix yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> So now, um, how long did you guys decide to have a baby? I've always wanted a baby just because of my background. I just felt like it's something, I don't know, innately I just knew I was going to be a mom and I wanted to be a mom. He wasn't as ready in the beginning and I think through time as, you know, time passed, his friends started having kids, he started seeing that he wanted it. We met at the right time and we wanted it at the same time. But we had some challenges trying to have one so we went through IVF and luckily we were successful with the first cycle oh, and wow. Evie and Evie was actually the only viable egg that we had because they implanted I think six fertilized implanted two the other four didn't make it even when we tried to store them and then she came out out of the two 
So then if we don't even have like spare eggs or embryos. Yeah, in that sense, we're lucky because we know a lot of people, a lot of friends that have gone through multiple cycles. I know like now with social media, that's more like talked about in like in our generation. But I mean, it's still something that you don't want to go through, obviously. But how was it like reacting to it? You know, because we come from like our moms. Oh, we just got pregnant. (laughs) Like it was no problem. Well, when I found out, I was told that I couldn't because I said my tubes were blocked. So I actually told Lowe's, like, you can leave me. I can't have a baby. And he was like, you're crazy. I don't, that's not why I'm with you. Um, and he was very supportive. supportive. How did you come to the decision to do IVF? Did you know a little bit about it since yeah. you have know, a background? Like- I think also, um, I think also because I was getting older and when I had the test to show that my tubes were blocked, the first thing that the nurse practitioner told me was consider IVF now because your chances go down as you decide. So it was more like, do we do it? And if we want to do it, let's do it now. For someone that is exploring that option, what would you say? Like, what would you take away from that journey or give advice on? That it's hard. It's not... <laughs> Mentally, physically, emotionally, it's not an easy process. You definitely need somebody that's supporting you through the process. And you need friends to... I appreciated the friends that I had that went through with it because I could ask them questions on, are you feeling this? Did you go through this? The idea of process itself was very impersonal. It just felt like every day you're going in for a test, nobody looks at each other, everyone's heads down, almost like there's a shame. Yeah. And I kept looking around, like just like eager to like talk to somebody because I'm feeling all these things from the shots. And I think there's just that shame and I would love for that to be removed or the stigma to be removed. I think it's getting much better. Right. Um, But also like if you think about it, sometimes like you were very blessed to have like that one chance, but there's so many people that do a lot of treatments. So maybe they already feel like, oh, I'm going for this again. You know, don't want to talk about it. It's such a roller coaster because like you worry about, am I ovulating? Do I have enough eggs? Did the eggs fertilize? Like every process you worry. So did it implant? Is the baby safe? Am I up to my 13 weeks? Am I... Right. Getting to like term labor as the baby okay. And my friends who are going through it now, I tell them that the worry never stops, it just changes. Because even That's when true. they're kids, like you worry for the rest of your life. And how was it? Did it take a toll at all, like in your relationship, or did it make it stronger? The process of IVF yes. was, uh, no, I think it made it stronger. I had to, you know, from the get go start learning how to step outside of my comfort zone because of the shots that are involved like that started my process of being a dad and trying to (laughs) to nurture the child in the womb or even the making of the child in the womb really early on and I think that was good for me even though it was really hard like there were nights where we would cry doing the shots just because it's painful or it's an arduous process etc but I think it made it stronger for us that's great because sometimes that process could you know really test the relationship and I, I think you guys going through it I don't know maybe I'm wrong it's like made you guys more of a team so we can raise her yeah. 
we consciously decided that he would give me the shots, even though I'm a nurse and I could totally do it by myself. Right. Um, but we wanted that, even that process to be a team effort. Um, and I wanted him to be a part of it, not just me going through it. That's true. And how was, like, finally, you know, seeing her and everything? How was that moment like? I think it's, I mean, it's surreal. It's, it is. A living thing coming out of you and, like, real. I think when you really try to sit down and absorb that you grew this like, human being inside of you from cell to a person is a really surreal experience and feeling, but we're definitely grateful. We're grateful that even though she was preterm at 34 and a half weeks, she was healthy, didn't have any deficit or didn't have to go through the NICU and we were able to take her home a few days after. I think that right from the start, Ellen's labor was pretty hard. Her midwife was awesome. Her sisters were in the labor room with us helping, you know, their nurses also, so helping coordinate among what was happening, helping make sure that she was feeling comfortable, just emotional support for this both of us. And I think for me that was like seeing her was beautiful, but it also was a very early sign that it really does take a village to to raise a kid. And uh I was super appreciative of the support system that we have. All these women around. So, did you end up having a C-section because she was? I almost did. They talked me into it. I we have a midwife. We wanted to go through natural labor, less medical intervention. Um, So we went to Mount Sinai West for the birthing center. Didn't make it to the birthing center since you have to be thirty-seven weeks. Yeah, but my midwife was amazing in supporting us and. She was there the whole time. She was there, and I was her only patient, and it was such a bond. I wouldn't have changed that. That's why we went back to them, even though we live further now. Um, just because we really like that experience to us, we couldn't have done without them. And how was it for you, Lo, like to see like the birth? Because it wasn't your first <laughs> time seeing a baby born. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes I think the guy's like a little bit shocking because we have like yeah. the hormones afterwards, like the bonding and yeah. all that. I think for the guys, like, okay, what just happened? And he's, he's in the business. Like, it's great. Yeah. He's never seen that much blood. <laughs> it was really intense. Like for me, it was while I was in the room or while she was having contractions, just trying to be focused on how can I be helpful in this process. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then I would just have to step outside and <laughs> collect myself right. and stuff. That was, that was I would hard. say though, you, I was really surprised. I mean, I know he's a calm person, yeah. but I also know when he gets anxious and he didn't show any sign of that when I was like giving birth or like we had some incidences where the doctors come in and like she's deselling, they do this, all the team comes in, but he never lost it. He always stayed cool. And that to me was a very good sign of like how he can stay calm in the midst of a storm. And now that she's too, like she's showing more of like, her personality, her temperament. So what, how do you say like you guys like parenting style is Yeah. towards, you know, this new stage? Cause it's so different from like the baby stage. She's definitely showing her personality. She's showing us what she likes and don't like. Um, I feel like she has my energy a lot of times and hopefully that drives into passion for something. Definitely has a love for music. She can sing The Temptations. She can sing My Girl. Yeah, she sings Anderson Pack. She sings Sam Smith. And that's from him because he really, like, nurtures that aspect of what she loves. 
she does yoga. She, she does yoga. She literally <laughs> will go and grab our mats and unroll it in the middle of the living room and unprompted start doing poses. Oh my gosh. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's like really nice to see that she picks up on the things that she sees us do. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, and, the other thing is that besides my other background, I also used well, I still do, but I have a solid practice in yoga and taught yoga, trained in yoga. So I think innately she just gets that aspect from us. And he is finishing a meditation teacher training. So it, there's a balance of like energy and calmness in the house, I hope, and that she's picking up on and that she can utilize as she grows up. Yeah, that's amazing. So how do you say like your yeah. daily routine is like, like what time... Like, do you guys wake up, then you have to go to work? Do you do matter rules or you do it at night? Like, how, how does the whole flow of the day go? Yeah, she usually wakes up around 6, 6.30. He usually gets her either because I'm working and I have to get up at 6 as well, or he just lets me sleep in because I'm pregnant. <laughs> and then we take her downstairs, let her play, cook breakfast, I feel like for most of the day, we're really kind of focused on her unless we're, we do to maintenance day for the cafes. Okay. Um, and then sometimes she comes with us and sometimes my mom watches her. But we're pretty good about like letting her be outside, especially him, just to let her run around and be at the park. And then a lot of when she goes to bed is that that's a lot of where the meta rooms come in, where, like repotting plants or emailing cleaning the house so she can mess it up again the next day right yeah that's so great so you guys do like matter roots basically at night after she wakes up we do both because we yeah sometimes we'd have to go make runs to the greenhouse and they want to come she's been there a lot of times they know her at the greenhouse we they know her at the cafes um she loves running around the cafes so we try to make sure that if we're going to do something for Meta Roots, we're going to do something for her after that. So we'll take her to the park after the greenhouse or okay. something. That's great. And how do you see like yourself? Because now you say you're pregnant and you, can I say like what you're having? Yeah. Okay. So she's having another girl. So how do you think that in whole interaction will be with two kids? Because I feel like, okay, I'm not going to have a life. So I yeah. maybe you have a different perspective. <laughs> well, we actually... As far as the business goes, we're, we hired somebody to help us with the maintenance just to alleviate that part of the pressure because we're prepared that we know for the few months after the baby, we won't be able to do a lot of the work for it. But as far as having two babies, I feel like we're just going to dive in and hope for the best. <laughs> See, what See what happens, like any parent, and just, you know, hope that things go well. We do have a lot of support system, his mom comes a lot on his dad too and my family so in that sense we have people we have a village that we can and we have great neighbors too in forest hills that have kids that they know what it's like so i think we're lucky in that sense and did you always live here in queens or were you always i grew up i was born in the philippines moved here when i was 10 Lived here, but I was doing travel nursing and lived in San Francisco, lived in Chicago, a few months in India, and then back to New York. Yeah, wow. and then so you've been like around. Was it a decision at all? Like, because a lot of like 
my family, they're like, why don't you move and have all the kids? Like, it's so much nicer, cleaner, more space. Yeah. And all that. I'm like, no, I'm fine. Well, that's but funny because that's... What is, what is your take on that? We get that a lot from both sides of the family. Either move to Long Island, move to California, you'll get so much more help. And it does. It's very enticing. And I know it would make our lives a lot easier. And I think currently we're literally in that process of trying to make a decision if we move further east do we stay um, there's always an option to move to california if there's an opportunity with like online like if this business keeps taking off i mean you could have yeah yeah that, i mean people love plants yeah <laughs> everywhere but now that we do have meta roots we are, he's constantly like reminding me we can't just move so far out that it's going to be such an inconvenience yeah. to go back to the city and balance this you know this business so you mentioned that you guys have a village. How did that come about? Like, how did you start talking to neighbors at the park? Because sometimes, like, us women, like, we're kind of shy. Like, once we connect, we connect. Yeah, but then, like, yeah. the first step is, like, oh, wow. Like, what, you know, what is she going to yeah. think? I do this and that. Like, I don't know who, you know, who's going to like me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I think- how was that process like for both? Yeah, I, I guess outside of the family, uh, we're just really lucky that there's a park right in front of our house and our neighbors who shared our building with us also have three girls oh, and they're wow. a wonderful family. So, you know, through the relationship that we have with them who are right below us and then the relationship that we have with everybody that's sort of in our square in Forest Hills, we're just kind of together pretty frequently, which helped us to one, foster her running around with other kids and how to play with other kids right. and just having friends in the neighborhood. He actually has more dad friends than I have mom Oh, yeah. And that's so <laughs> unusual because it's usually like the mom that has the friends yeah. and like you drag the husband into it. So I like you more of a social person. Or how did that happen? I think so. He's more inclined to talk to other people. Huh? Where, yeah. like, as you said, like, we're more like, we watch, we observe, and then we see if we can tap in. Yeah. He just likes talking to people and gravitates to it. That's good. Well, what, what tip would you advise? Because I've met dads and they're like, no, you know, like, my wife is so much better at this. Like, I don't know anybody. I like, feel the opposite. He's yeah. so good. He's like, my dad friend, we're going to the park. <laughs> we're going to a concert. Then they go out after, like, besides taking care of the kids. Yeah, I think that for me, like- it's really nice to have, like, the balance of when I'm out playing with Evie that I have someone that I relate to that I can talk to. And then also, uh, you know, most of the dad community that I have is local to us in Forest Hills so that we can quickly go out and have a beer or, like Alan said, even go to a show or something like that. When we're not with the kids, that's just nice and easy and we're lucky to have that common ground and to balance our, our dad life. That's great. I think it's uh, a lot of in Forest Hills area, there are a lot of more like young parents moving in and like they're forming a family. So it's kind of easier to just interact. And like, just, I think men, they just like look at each other and like, okay, you get it. Yeah. But we're like, oh, I don't know. Like, we yeah. second guess everything and we don't know. Like, and, I think you know, it's great. Because we're going to be perceived, I guess. Yeah. So it's, we kind of shy away from it. So you guys mentioned like you know you're still talking about like maybe not to move away besides matter roots like what are like some benefits of being queens and like raising a kid here 
I think we're both city people in general. We love that idea of like walking to a store. There's something open 24 hours. I think community is a big part of it. And now that he's, we're making a lot of friends and creating our village, it just makes it harder to leave because we're building this community. If we move, yes, we'll have our family, but it's our family. It's not, there's a difference. That's true. Because sometimes, like, family is so helpful and everything, but they don't get, like, certain things that yeah. we want to do as parents. So it's good to have that balance. I think yeah. You do, you and all our kids there. are the same age. And so it's just, you're going through the same milestones with your kids. Yay! Hello! She's so, she's been so good. Thank you for saying that. She's literally... Because she's only two. Look at her. Yeah. She's been great. Is there any, like, thing that you guys have struggled with, like, the most of being parents that you didn't know, you know, oh, my God, it was like this? Or were you guys, like, it's fine, you know, we're taking it day by day? Because I feel like with every person that I've met that has become a parent, they go through, like, this breaking point, and they're like, okay, we need to get this system going because it's not working. Like, I think sleep I need my a, life back. Sleep was the biggest challenge for us, and I think we never really argued till we talked about sleep training, and okay. I was really against it, really against it, and I threw a lot of fits and fight and battle. And we probably slept trainer 15 times, I can't even remember. He was really good at it. He would cook, he would stay with her. He did a lot of different techniques. We, I breastfed to her because she was 18 months. I enjoyed it. I didn't have a problem not sleeping well because she's sleeping next to me. But, right. But a turning point was when we got her to sleep in her room and she slept all night without waking up. As opposed to being in bed with her, she'll wake up every like an hour and just fidget. Right. I saw the benefit of that and I, I bought it. And then Did you have a like, sleeping consultant or was it just Google? Like, okay, let's books. try this. <laughs> it was primarily books, a little bit of Google. That app Baby Center was helpful. Yeah, so sleep definitely was, there were little micro fights in the middle of the night that we would have. Right. But for me, things like sleep and potty training and eating, like if you read the books, you can kind of see what the light at the end of the tunnel is and they give right. you pointers on what progress looks like. And so just understanding that I can kind of see through the weeds while you're in it a little bit easier. Uh, for me, the the hardest thing was immediate. It was just understanding how all-encompassing taking care of a kid is. And yes. I was maybe a little bit so naive and thinking like, oh, you know, when she's a baby, I can sit there and watch the game and she'll be cool and right. whatever. And it just doesn't work like that. At least my <laughs> experience is that she knows if I'm giving 60 or 70 or 80 or even 90%. You know, yeah. it's not, I, I can feel how unfair that is. That I learned really early on and I just continue to see it even so now that she's two. You mentioned like, I'm sorry, you mentioned like some books that you read. Is there any one, like one in particular? Because I feel like sometimes like, you know, obviously being an educated parent works really well, but sometimes... You just grab like here and there and see what works for you. Was there any like kind of book that stood out uh, that you would totally recommend reading? I didn't read it, yeah, but so. from what he said, so here's the reader. It worked. I yeah. don't read. I just and I always like justify it by like. I, but I'm observing her. I'm, I'm right. letting her lead me and I'm watching her. And he's more. But like, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. It's like, 
we did the potty training book that we read was called Oh Crap Potty Training or something yeah, like that. Oh crap is potty training. Um, and so that her process didn't look like what they had written about, but there were again like those markers that right. showed that she was making progress. And then truthfully we had given up. My, my grandmother passed away. Um, so we were six days into it. I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to fly to California. She's not getting it right now. We'll revisit this in a few weeks or a few months. And then we got to California and she put a diaper on her. She literally wouldn't go in the diaper and then it was done. Right? Then it was <laughs> it was, and she pooped in the potty. We're like, ah. Yeah. And how old was she? Because she's a little before she It was right before two. It was like late May that she And that's uh, so amazing now that you're going to have the other one. Yeah. I think when you wait longer for them, it takes them longer. Yeah. They get so much more comfortable with their diaper. Like They get so attached to it. Yeah. It's their thing. So it, it's always good to do it earlier. We were really like, we try to be conscious about what we do with her. So like the first, let's say 18 months, we used a cloth diaper because we were like turned off by how much garbage we would accumulate mm-hmm. with, the, with the diapers. So I think beneficially with potty training her we're like we can stop i mean after 18 months we had to switch to disposable we were traveling a lot and it partially probably got lazy but we got her off it sooner after we're like we don't have to do it and then i breastfed her so she was 20 months so we saved a lot from formula right so i think financially too was both the convenience and financially it made sense and we're lucky that she went along with it Right. Yeah. Like you said, you were observing. He was reading it. Okay. Yeah. Let's test it out. See if she likes that. And I see like she's a really good eater. Is that the same way that you guys see? Like, okay, I'm gonna eat because I've never seen a kid have a like, bowl of piece of carrots <laughs> and be happy at it. They just want. You we're know, really fortunate. Other things. And I think eating is one of the things that we're pretty liberal with because she's really good at eating peas and carrots. She loves it, which means that every now and then she'll get her D O N U T. Oh, as as we did ban some of the sweets, but right. yeah, she she still she'll not like super sweet. yeah exactly. She'll get a treat. <laughs> you say cheese. You say cheese. But and that's then, how they learn, like to balance. Yeah, it, you know, yeah. it's not just one thing. Yeah, I definitely think that we're lucky though because she. It makes me proud that she eats her veggies. She'll share fruit smoothies with us in the morning. She'll ask for green juice. I think if you make it fun for them too, she likes purple, so we'll make a purple smoothie and she's more into that than green smoothie. Or like if she wants a popsicle, it's like something you just have to find the best option. Like no sugar or least sugar has makes you feel better. Yeah, has a little bit of vitamin C, so you're like, Well that's vitamin C so I think it's better than a whatever, like a dum dum or whatever. I think there's always a balance. You can, you know, not that I go by the rules, but I don't want her to feel like she has to just be in this box. Like okay. she can have things that she wants that a cookie, but she also has to have her veggies. Right. She's gonna do that. Yeah, that's how I feel sometimes too. Like I cook for my son and I make him you know, breakfast, lunch. So I try to avoid the cookies because he goes to grandma's like afterwards. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I know grandma's going to eat the cookies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the That's muffins and everything. So I don't need yeah. to worry about that. So he knows. <laughs> yeah. 
but then he, I'm like, okay, at least you got your veggies in and like yeah. good fats and all that. Like, right, yeah. Whatever, you eat whatever now. I'm you not just gonna have to look. be more creative. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so great. So you're planning to do the same kind of like, I would say that you're a little bit more non-traditional, like parenting. Yeah. yeah like with the clothes diapers breastfeeding yeah. i mean that's really like way back traditional but for yeah. right now I like think, for city life right. it's not but i grew up in the philippines right. and i was used to having cloth diapers and you know my cousins had cloth diapers and we would wash them yeah much. so to me that aspect was not weird or not to me that's what that's how i was raised <laughs> breastfeeding i just for me just because of the health reasons the cost the convenience it just seemed easier. But at the same time, we're lucky that I was able to because she had a tongue tie that we had to okay. fix because she wasn't latching well. And after that, it got much better because I know it's it's also stressful to breastfeed. And yes. I can, yeah. I think one time I took like Sudafed or Mucinex and my milk just one dried up yeah. and I was so stressed. And thank God there was a mom that gave me like donor milk. Again, you need a village because right. somebody came in That's and like so literally came great. at one a.m. and like gave me her milk that she pumped because she was working as an EMS and wow. we're like dealing breast milk in the car at one a.m. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, oh my God. That's great. So I wish you both all the best with baby number two. Hopefully, you keep Thank us posted you. on. And that's too. going, you yeah. Too. I guess I don't know. We'll see who gets first because she was early. Mine was late. Like uh, he was forty-one weeks. Like uh, he was so comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah I had geez. to do like acupuncture and stuff like that, oh, yeah. and then he came like a day later. So yeah, hopefully we'll see. Thank you so much for your time. I know Thank it's you. so hard with you know having a business, a full-time job, baby, <laughs> everything to make time just to come and sit down with me. Of course. Yeah, thank you. you. Thank you very much.